0: Are you as surprised as I am that we are back for a third show? I, you know, I can't,
1: I can't believe it. But I guess we shouldn't, we shouldn't be too surprised because, I mean, we're
0: awesome, right? Well, well, I was going to say that we shouldn't be too surprised. They hired us in the first place.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, listen, I think episode three is gonna be big for a variety of reasons because we are going to hopefully be checking in with your mother today which we did try to do last week but she was out at, at knits and knots her uh, weekly <laughs> um, church ministry where she knits uh, socks for you
0: I, uh, she's um boy, she's a piece of work so <laughs> uh,
1: but no I mean listen I, I've heard a lot of really great feedback about the show over the last couple of days people really sort of enjoying the way that we're diving in on faith issues and, and not just sort of having this dry discussion uh but we're really sort of using comedy and, and having a good discussion in the in the process
0: well comedy in the loosest sense of the term right well because we think we're funny it doesn't well, mean we I, actually are we think we're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and we're mostly right but um so you were asking me what does your wife think of the what did your wife think of the show and i'm like you know i don't think my wife listens to the show. He, um. The uh, Miss, the, Estimol, Est, uh, the wonderful Mrs. Fields. I can't even get my words out. The wonderful no, Mrs. Fields. No, you
1: can't even say her name. That's a, Well, you know, it's funny because I always joke that my wife doesn't even... I can't even remember the last time my wife read one of my articles probably or listened <laughs> to anything that I've done. I think that she's just immune to it. And also <laughs> at like 5 a.m. she listens to me rambling. I mean, I start the morning talking about... Um, the ridiculous stories that are on my list for the day. So I think she feels like she's already read and heard everything that right. I've done.
0: Well, I can't get my life, my wife to listen to me what when I'm not doing work stuff. So <laughs> the the idea that she would take time to actually sit down and like our Facebook page, which you can find at facebook.com slash thechurchboys, or you can listen to us uh, uh, online at thechurchboys.com with that website. And we also, um, you'll see us uh, posted on the Blaze website, uh, every once in a while as well so we both work there and we love working there and so we like to promote the what we're doing there
1: don't speak for me no i'm kidding i I I like to billy billy hates
0: it but he can't get hired anywhere else so he's just sticking around
1: (laughs) i love the blaze
0: Uh uh-huh yep that's what you keep saying in your annual reviews so
1: which are are coming so yes i i love i absolutely love the blaze give me a raise
0: (laughs) all right so um we're getting, we've got we got a few stories here that Billy uh, wants to get into, and and I'm fine with it. I'll just go with whatever. I'm just here to yap and and you know kind of be a facilitator for Billy with because uh, he's the boss. So we're gonna go ahead and Billy, did you wanna did you wanna go ahead and call my mom now, or do you wanna say that for a later break?
1: No, you know I, I want to call your mom. I think I think that we need to really sort of set the tone of the day by by speaking with her about your upbringing and. All the weird things that you've you've done throughout your life
0: all right let me um uh, let me see if we can get a hold of her here okay again i don't know what's going on here apparently i'm too stupid to run the boards billy um i can't get the phone to work correctly so we're gonna have to try again another time
1: i just think you're trying to avoid letting us hear about your childhood which well, is fine which is uh, fine the day will come when we can talk to your hey, mother
0: listen i am totally an open book i have no problem Excuse me, talking to my mother or talking to anybody else, for that matter, and seeing what's going on in my what has gone in my life, the abuse that I went through as a child to explain the idiot that I am today,
1: or the abuse that you inflicted on others. We'll we'll have to we'll have to wait to hear about it. I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess we will. I again, I apologize, folks. I really thought I had it worked out. I even purchased extra Skype, you know, programming and everything to be able to call and make calls and get the. I, I don't know. I don't know what's these going are, these on. These are
1: so. called excuses, America. You can hear them play out. It's it's uh wonderful well that's called to, avoidance. I prefer
0: to call them raises reasons, but probably they're more excuses <laughs> than reasons. So uh I apologize again, America. Uh get ready for uh humor and entertainment uh next time <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, Billy, I spent thirty minutes before you before we set up this the show t- setting up the phones and making sure that the phone worked and that we could make calls and paying extra money so that I can make calls.
2: And, guess and then what? here we are. Uh, here we
1: are. You know, like we're just with have a to be forced to to talk about Nancy Grace, which which I think is probably one notch below entertaining the entertainment value of speaking <laughs> with your mother about your upbringing, <laughs> but it's still pretty high. I don't, I don't on know. The entertainment value.
0: Na- Nancy Grace makes me laugh.
1: Oh, Nancy Grace. One and cr- I love and about Nancy Grace is that she has no. There's no filter. She doesn't care. I mean, you watch her show. And in fact, the other day, she was commanding producers on the air. Do that. Bring that, bring that, you know, sock over here. Play that, (laughs) play that clip, you know, just like on the air making these demands. And it's like, I I mean, it's almost like a brilliant train wreck that you can't stop watching. I should even use the word train wreck because it's entertaining and it's organized and she's fierce.
0: That's the word. She is fierce, but there's a big difference. Like when, you know, there's there's a lot of famous clips about Bill O'Reilly and a bunch of other people who are on, who are talking heads on television, you know, verbally what people call abusing their staff. I don't know if they are or not. We, they're taken out of context, right? But there's the whole, we'll do a live thing that, you know, Bill <laughs> O'Reilly is accused of. All that, whatever, okay? There's a whole bunch of that... When she does those kinds of things, though, you don't take it the same way because it's more of... I, I hesitate to say clownish, but I don't know what other word to use because it's it's like it's funny, it's entertaining, it's like having your mom boss you around.
1: And I would bet that she's very usually when she's bossing the staff around, it's in a nice way. It's the guests, you know, when she has somebody on the show she disagrees with. I mean, I would be I'm petrified of Nancy Grace. If I oh, yeah. saw her in an alley, I would run. I mean, right. she's scary, but I'm sure she's a very nice person. But listen, you don't you don't go on Nancy Grace's show. And advocate marijuana legalization. Because if you do, your life will flash before you because she is not having it. She does not like the idea of marijuana being legal. And she's made it very clear in a number of, of exchanges with a with a rapper a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Two Chains, right, who was on her show. And then this week in two separate appearances, one on her show and then one on Doctor Drew's show. I don't even know the name of that show. Right. Whatever whatever it's, show Doctor Drew hosts on HLN with with um, 14 people watching it. Right. She appeared on that show and they went head to head. And I mean, it, it was heated at one you point. Want, she, you she want to hear? yelled
0: it. His producer. I know. Do you want to hear a little bit of it? I've got to hear.
1: <laughs> yes. It. Okay,
2: here it. we go. Nancy they're not advocating the use for adolescents in fact they, what they hope is Oops. that the money will be used to educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat unfortunately as well you heard on your show and by the way thank you for joining us in our hizzy now the on your show the money wasn't going there but what if it could what if the money from this taxes spent or or raised from the sale of this sale of this drug actually went to the treatment and education things could end up much better than they are now
0: okay wait be, before we go any further we should explain what he's talking about. They're talking Wait, about when he said "hizzy." <laughs> <laughs>
1: is that what you're referring to?
0: Well, no. But when he's talking about, uh, he he mentions the tax is going to help with um, uh, helping people who are addicted to drugs and that sort of thing. the The sale of the the legal sale of marijuana can be taxed, and if we can tax those things, great. Because taxing is always the answer. If we can tax those things, then we can put that into programs to get people off drugs. Right. So. We're going to promote the use of drugs by making it legal. We're going to then tax it and then use that money from taxing it to get people off those drugs we promoted by making it legal. And that's right. that's what he's right. telling her.
1: Yeah, and this is the argument that people who have, who have advocated for legalization, they continue to say, oh, the tax money will be great. We can pour it into schools. We can pour it. And it, and it always makes me sort of uncomfortable because it's like, oh, we're going to legalize a drug so that we can make life better for kids and for communities. It just it seems very weird. But, yes, that, that's right. the argument. And in this case, I mean, Dr. Drew, for those who don't know, he's hosted reality shows where he brings celebrities in and tries to cure them of their addiction. And you know, he's very big on trying to deal with these addiction issues. So it makes sense why he's advocating that, but I love her response.
0: Right. And I want to get to her response in just a second, but isn't it interesting that the the argument, there are a whole lot of arguments made by libertarians about drug legalization that I totally can get on board with, that I can totally understand. I, I get it, right? I can understand your point of view on the legalization of drugs, okay, the personal freedom, all that stuff. But one of the arguments that our libertarian friends love to use is you can tax it, Right. There's going to be greater tax revenue. So since when have you advocated more tax revenue? Because more tax revenue means larger government. means the government can do and buy more things, which is something you advocate against on every other issue. But on the drug legalization issue, you advocate higher taxes. Does that make any sense to anybody? No,
1: No, that's a really good point, too. And I think... You know, I, at the end of the day, it's more because I think at that point for libertarians, it becomes more about the freedom to do what you want. And I think when it comes to drugs, I mean, I've always argued, listen, you have the freedom to smoke marijuana. Go ahead. It doesn't have to be legal for you to have the quote unquote freedom to do that. But I think your your point is is a really good one. Why in that case are they saying, oh, this is OK, we're going to we're going to go ahead and, and legalize it just so that we can get the tax revenue from you know the government.
0: Right. It makes it makes no earthly sense to me at all. So whatever. All right, so let's get back to Miss Grace. Here we go.
3: Okay, let me address what you just said. You know what, when you don't know a horse, Drew, look at his track record. For all the years I prosecuted and now, and now, add on all these years I've been on air, never once has the federal government, or state governments for that matter, said, you know what, let's don't spend all these millions of dollars on pork. Let's try to rehab people. Let's do that. Let's put our money into rehab. It ain't happening, Drew, as much as you want it to happen. Could you please come to me for a minute and quit showing a big, fat doobie? I want to see Drew. Drew. Okay. So that's the part that
0: Billy's laughing about. So we're playing this Nancy Grace clip for two reasons. One, we want to talk about the drug legalization issue, right? Because it's something worth talking about. The other other is (laughs) that she just... It doesn't matter where she goes. She's going. She's, not, she's, she's not going on her the, show. She's going she's to boss them around. Show. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She could be. She could be in church, and she's gonna tell the choir director that he's doing it wrong. Right? It's
1: like, excuse me, pastor. Can you please move from your podium? Can you move over like? a little bit? <laughs> I because she's I mean, and that isn't even the mo, the one I was thinking of was on her show. But here she is on his show telling his producer, oh. quit showing that big doobie and bring me back on screen. And
0: and when I hear her like her interview that she did with two chains too now listen, it doesn't mean I disagree with her, right? It just makes me laugh. But when you hear this this uh middle aged, upper middle aged white woman with this southern accent using like the words doobie and Mr Two Chains and all this guy, it makes me laugh uh, uncontrollably when I'm at home. <laughs> I really secretly love her. I mean, I gotta be yeah. honest, I love her. I think she's great.
1: And, um, you know, I mean, we you do need people to have these sorts of fierce debates on this. And I think... You know, one of the things about this debate that I loved was she brought up the government's role. You know, what example do we have of the government taking this tax revenue from something like that and filtering it into drug treatment programs? Is that really going to happen or is the money going to be used for God knows what? And I think, you know, the track record, we we don't necessarily know since this is uncharted territory, but the track record would be in line with, I think, what she's saying here is that this is probably not going to be the most organized, useful
0: use of funds if, if it's legalized. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Totally agree. Now, uh, we're going to come back to this Nancy Grace thing and the drug legalization thing here in a minute, but first got to take a break. We will be right back. The church boys.
3: The boys. Man, I hate these guys.
0: And we are back uh billy halliwell chris field here we're the church boys you can find us at thechurchboys.com or facebook.com slash the church boys you can also listen to our podcast on soundcloud and you can find us on theblaze.com billy's our faith editor i'm the magazine editor for the blaze uh we're excited to be here now we just left off the last break talking about nancy grace and her discussion with dr drew about drug legalization and we're going to go ahead and get back into that billy do you have anything to say before we finish up this clip you know I think that on on this
1: issue and, and with the clip, the rest of the clip we're gonna play, the, the key point is to sort of pay attention to the the morality debate, which I think is what 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 is at the heart of all of this. So that that would be my only thing. I think if you're listening to this clip, pay attention to what Dr. Drew says about it and then where Nancy goes with it.
3: Okay, here we go. That's what I screamed since I got out of law school, friend. What I'm saying I mean what? is politicians are not going to give money to rehab because they don't care. Exactly. So legalizing pot, hoping the money's going to go to rehab. is well, It's just like, why don't we start a problem so we can fix it? That's like bass-ackwards. Well,
2: that's what, listen, it, wh- why do we, and, my, my uh, biggest com- problem, Nancy, is that people want to moralize about it. Well, okay, now hold and on. That's we got to narrow this problem. down.
3: Your biggest problem. Yeah, listen, this, this is, is my problem. My biggest problem is that you have said in the past that it's addictive. It but is addictive. That doesn't now mean it's saying, a good drug hey, or a bad why drug anymore. We is
2: alcohol a bad drug because it's oh, addictive? Is is so oxycontin a bad drug because it's legal? My babysitter
3: can be stoned on pot or my babysitter can be high on reefer. or. Or, or uh, on alcohol, or on Those oxycontin, choosing, or alcohol. Not about a straight babysitter that's not stoned on anything. Of course, and it, there are bad every relationships time with you substances. About pot, you start on alcohol.
2: Well, because the the analogy is obvious—that we are busily talking about one drug being good and one drug being bad—and that's a bizarre well, not? notion. All allow- okay,
0: so she makes the moral argument, and I understand the libertarians have. Why well, can't base things on a moral argument? Except that, okay, you can't legislate morality. I get that whole argument. Okay but our laws are based on moral arguments you can't be drunk in public you can't, you be... can't
1: pay prostitutes in most places you right. can't
0: yeah th- and of course libertarians is... would argue make prostitution legal right you can't you can't abuse oxycontin either so but where do you draw the line right. because murder i mean every, and murder is obviously extreme but every single
1: example of a law as you said mo- they're mostly based on on moral codes regardless of whether people want to accept that or not where do you then draw the line i right. think that it's a really faulty argument to sort of dance around and say oh you know we don't we can't make laws on morals and we can't instill our morals on other people but isn't that what we do every single day isn't that I what ab- most of our
0: laws do well absolutely and, and they absolutely do and so i understand the argument on on pot legalization right but my friends who are libertarians and I've had this discussion in fact a good friend of mine who I work with back on, on Capitol Hill and he was a big libertarian he works for a libertarian think tank now and he and I had a discussion and it's something he hadn't thought of and he's pushing this drug legalization thing pot legalization and he says why should why should we regulate what's I said so why should we regulate what we put in our bodies and I said well then you're for uh, getting rid of liquor store licenses right so you can just buy liquor wherever and You'd be advocating getting rid of pharmacies. Now I have happen to have a personal vested interest in this, and that my father is a pharmacist, and he owns his own business, and so their livelihood and growing up my livelihood as a child, their livelihood today is based on pharmaceuticals. He is a pharmacist. He you have to be licensed to pass out the drugs, and there's an accountability factor there. So do we get rid of pharmacies? The the, the argument they make is no, a lot of them at least no we. We just should legalize pot. Well, the fact is you're drawing lines and I'm drawing lines. And I happen to draw the line before pot. You happen to draw the line after pot, just before heroin or just before, you know, unlimited Oxycontin or, or whatever else. Or maybe you don't draw any lines or you draw your line, you know, after everything that's already in existence, but you don't, you wouldn't allow anything else. Okay. You draw a line somewhere. You know what's co- what's concerning about this, and I and I think, and it's
1: it's so I'm getting so serious here, but I think it's such a serious thing. And I know people will laugh at me for saying this. I don't care. You know, we already have enough problems. They can continue to bring up the alcohol argument. They can continue to say, oh well, alcohol is legal. This should be legal too. I would argue we already have enough problems. And when you look at the way that alcohol works, you have people who are much younger than 21 who are able to secure alcohol to get it, to use it, to abuse it. Why are we then throwing in another drug? Another problem drug that for decades has not been legal and that you know makes people allows people to get high and to numb their senses. Why are we throwing that into the mix and creating a bigger problem while also sending a message that hey, we're okay with this drug? We're so okay with it that we want to tax the the revenues from it and use that to build schools or God knows what else. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that. And, and I understand the moral argument and I'm not, I'm not sure I'm as far down that road as you are, however, I totally get it. I understand that I just don't know how to legislate on that idea. I get it though I understand my I have a bigger issue and and as far as the debate about pot legalization goes. and that's the argument that my libertarian friends like to bring it. Looky personal freedom, I get it the liberty thing, less government, less government influence. Why should they legislate what we put in our bodies? I, I get that. And that's a discussion we can have. But they bring up two arguments all the time that drive me nuts. And one is the morality argument. You can't legislate morality and that kind of thing. That's total nonsense. They also, well, I guess three arguments. They also bring up the taxation issue. You could tax it, and then it means more income for the government. Since when is that something you believe in? And the third, and this one drives me nuts, because our conservative libertarian friends, and you've seen them make the argument on the blaze, you've seen them make the argument at NRO and other places, and that's fine. But don't throw this argument in when it's faulty. And that is, well, it's not, you know, everybody says it's a gateway drug. It's not a gateway drug. Are you kidding me? Dr. Drew, who even can add, will even advocate that pot legalization should happen because you can get tax revenue, will say it is addictive. Pot is addictive. And our libertarian friends will lie. They're, They're lying. They're either ignorant or lying. And I'm not sure which is less comforting, right? But it is addictive. They'll say it's not. And it is a gateway drug. You and I have both worked with homeless people and drug, you know, drug addicted people. I have spent, I can't speak for you, but I have spent countless hours and thousands of my own dollars getting people off the streets, getting people cleaned up, dealing with kids in drug infested families, dealing with kids hooked on drugs, dealing with parents hooked on drugs, trying to work on, and to a person, all of them, all of them will say it started with pot.
1: Yeah, and listen, and and what you'll get from people who want legalization is that, well, alcohol offers the same problems. And yeah, it does. The same issues exist with alcohol, and that was what I was saying before. Fine. we I could even concede that, but I do think there's a difference. You know, you can drink. You can have a drink or two and not be drunk. When you're smoking pot, the goal is to get high. Therefore, you're already talking about two very different things, but right. fine, I'll concede that. But alcohol is already a problem. Why, why then add to that societal problem with, with something else? Although, again, I'd argue that you can, you can use alcohol a little bit more responsibly, and I'm sure I'll get hung out to dry for saying that. Well, I hope so.
0: You know what? You're sounding awfully moral and passionate uh, for an atheist. <laughs> We've already established I am not I am not an atheist. Right. I am except, not except, trying to destroy except, America. Except for all of your godlessness. You are not an atheist. <laughs> Alright, folks, we're gonna be right back. We will uh we'll get a little bit lighter. We'll take up one of uh Billy's favorite subjects, the gays.
3: And now back to the church
1: was that was that satan or nancy grace you decide no i just you know i you know you're a
0: horrible (laughs) horrible person (laughs) i'm kidding i i love nancy grace Uh i really do i love that almost as much as once a week almost as much as you love Satan.
1: apparently (laughs) oh boy well according to you that that's quite a bit uh so you know we've we've talked about marijuana we've talked about nancy grace and i think you know the day would not be complete The show would not be complete without us talking about the never-ending battle over homosexuality in America. (laughs) <laughs> now, this is actually a story that we had an exclusive on this week on The Blaze, and and that exclusive was uh, this former contract employee at Ford Motor Company who's claiming he was fired. Um, basically, the long story short of it is that the company set out a newsletter. He received the newsletter in his email account. That newsletter praised Ford's involvement in an LGBT employee organization. Wait, what's this?
0: Wait, wait, wait. This was the GB... This is the GBTV organization? <laughs> uh no, the LGBTV. Okay, oh, can I go can I go off on a side note? And maybe this is gonna get us fired, but did you have the same concerns I did when it first came out? It was GBTV. <laughs> no, but now I do. Okay. Although <laughs> it's, now it's the blaze, obviously. Sorry. Totally
1: I'm totally oh, off boy. topic. Okay. Oh, boy, go Chris back Field. to being serious. Oh I'm... boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back here to the okay. Ford mode. Motor story. So, you know, in, in this story, the guy the guy gets this email from his employer and he again, he's a contract employee. He gets upset because the email is saying, hey, we support this gay and lesbian rights group. And it's basically an employee group where gays and lesbians are able to be represented within Ford. So he decides his name's Thomas Banks. He decides to write a message, a response in the comment section um, on on this newsletter. And I guess it's on, on their website at this point. It seems like an internal employee web. So he writes a comment, and I was able to get a text, you know, copy of that comment, which we included in the story. And I'm going to read it because I think it's, I think that this is important to the story because he was fired after posting this. And the comment
0: he wrote no, this was: is a, "This is an online newsletter within the company."
1: Yes, okay. Online newsletter within the company. He wrote. For this, Ford Ford Motor should be thoroughly ashamed. Endorsing and promoting sodomy is a benefit to no one. This topic is disruptive to the workplace and is an assault on Christians and morality, as well as antithetical to our design and our survival. Immoral sexual conduct should not be a topic for an automotive manufacturer to endorse or promote. And yes, this is historic, but not in a good way. Never in the history of mankind has a culture survived that promotes sodomy. Heterosexual behavior creates life, homosexual behavior leads to death so he posts that comment and he gets called by hr within a day he's fired and you know i was able to see some of the emails back and forth between his contract employer and him about how he violated the standards of the company now um, Ford issued a statement to me yesterday saying that this is basically a private you know matter between them and or between the the agency that hired him and him um, although you know that's usually what happens nobody ever wants to speak out in these cases and I guess the big question is did he
0: deserve to be fired after posting that so uh, one thing to back to give Ford a little bit of a a, a little bit of a cushion on this in that A lot of places could get sued for discussing personnel matters right if they were to discuss about his personnel and getting fired there there, there's another angle for a lawsuit so i don't when when people on our side love to point out "The, the company won't respond the company won't reply the company won't give us information well they're not giving you information because legally they're covering their rear ends because they can't they can't talk about personnel issues that's simply how it goes right Absolutely. So here's, here's, and that's important to know. Yeah they they legally can't they legally can't
1: do it. So that was the response that I expected. So
0: so, I I guess part of my question is, I get he's fired for apparently hurt feelings, right? Did anybody discuss when you discuss this with anybody with him or with his lawyer or with Ford or anybody? Did anybody discuss the veracity or accuracy of his comment?
1: Uh, Other than no. that it was
0: it seemed mean.
1: From what I know, no. I mean, what, what I saw in the emails and after talking with him and his attorney, uh, basically this – now, this happened back in, in August, I should know. I think the comment was posted in July, and then the conversation happened in early August about the firing right after – um, he had violated Ford Anti-Harassment Directive B one ten, and basically, and we have some of that in the story. But basically, that is, you know, a document saying that workers can't discriminate based on sexual orientation, race, you know, the whole nine yards. So
0: how was he discriminating? So,
1: so I think I think in their view, by saying you know that homosexual homosexual behavior leads to death and all that, that that in their view is discrimination. Although I think he could argue. That he was actually citing, you know, paraphrasing scripture and, and what he and what he sure. believes to be or, true in the or, Bible. Or
0: he might point out that he's he is paraphrasing science, right? With the whole hold it, heterosexual behavior creates life, right? Homosexual behavior, he says, leads to death. Now that could be interpreted a whole lot of ways, but it certainly like doesn't spiritual cre- death. Right. Or it certainly doesn't create life, right? It might, it might make you, quote, happy. But does it create life? Now, heterosexual sex using either among old people or among people using birth control doesn't create life. And so you could argue, well, not all heterosexual sex creates life. But he's paraphrasing science, but he's also paraphrasing um, normal understanding because his second sentence, endorsing and promoting sodomy is of benefit to no one. How is that? How is how is he incorrect there? they would push back and say it's a benefit to I mean I would say
1: some people would say it's a benefit to those who who are engaged in it you know that it's that it's a benefit to their happiness so that line I could see a pushback but I mean at the end of the day my question with this whole thing personally looking at it was wh- why was this fireable and not a warning a, mo- a moment where somebody said and we don't have to agree with that more that warning but where, where somebody said you know, I don't like what you wrote, this isn't appropriate, let's not write things like that, Um, it does seem to be on this weird sort of line of free speech, but also Ford and and the other company that employed him, the contracting company, having the right to let people go on the basis of whatever they want. If we're going to argue that Baker shouldn't be forced to do certain things, make cakes for gay weddings, do we then have to argue that companies can also make policies around these things and that that's okay?
0: And I think that that's where the more important discussion lies.
1: Well, you know I th- what I think is happening here, and, and this is sort of what we're seeing happen across the board. There was a time, and I want you to push back if you disagree with me, but I think there definitely has been a time in America where people who were gay felt discriminated against, were discriminated against, and really didn't speak out at all about it. And there were a lot of things that Christians did that were not right many times in in those circumstances. Not always, but but there are many examples that were not right, and not just Christians, others in society. But then the pendulum sort of swung, and we went into this direction now of not being able to critique at all, even on a biblical standpoint, which has always been the litmus test for believers for centuries on this issue, not even being able to have a biblical standpoint that isn't offensive and and isn't attacking somebody without you then being attacked as the Christian who's, who's positing that. So it seems like we've gone the complete opposite direction now, and people aren't able to share their theological views, which to me is a very dangerous thing
0: in, in our society. Well, and I think the pendulum has swung, it swung as in, and, and not just, oh, I keep getting these Slack messages and it's popping up and making noise. Just a second to close that. But I think it's the pendulum hasn't just swung from people who are abusive to people who are in immoral, engaged in immoral behavior and not just uh, same-sex sodomy as the church would see it, but also sex outside of marriage and that sort of thing from beating people and just clobbering them with it, which is not the way to deal with behavior that you consider immoral, to a celebration of behavior that is considered immoral by so many people, right? Instead of, why can't we just leave people the frig alone?
3: Just leave me
0: alone. Stop celebrating your homosexuality. Stop beating the tar out of somebody for being homosexual, right? And so that comes back to, what does Ford have the right to do? And my thing is, if Ford wants to have a celebrate homosexuality organization, then Ford can have that. If Ford wants to fire a guy for being a Christian, you know what? Companies ought to be able to fire, as long as you can fire anybody for anything, including for being gay, if Ford could fire somebody for being gay, then they should be able to fire somebody for being a Christian. You should be able to hire and fire anybody for any reason you want, no matter what. If I don't like the way you conduct business, I'm not going to do business with you.
1: Now, this is obviously not the way the law works right now. So if he was fired because he's a Christian, and that's what would be at the center of this. I mean, they filed an EEOC complaint, discrimination complaint. um, His attorneys at the Liberty Institute. And if it's determined that he was fired because of his faith, well, then he has a legitimate case under the law as it currently stands. I mean— this is an interesting case, though, because I do think, you know, before I wrote the story before I saw what he posted, and then when I saw what he posted, it definitely will change people's perspective on the story because. It's it's intriguing. He he was very pointed in what he wanted to say. And he did say to me, listen, I didn't know that this was going to post under my full name at the time. I thought maybe my employee ID would be there. I thought maybe I'd get reprimanded, but I never thought I would be fired. And I wasn't entirely sure that my whole name would be there like it was, um, you know, and I, I think. At the end of the day, he's having a hard time finding a job now, and and that's a, a tough thing for an engineer who needs to be working, and, and yeah. I'm imagining he has a family to support. So I'll be interested to see how, how this one plays out, because legally they do not have the right to fire somebody because of their faith.
0: Right, right. And But they also don't have the obligation to can continue to employ someone who they say picks on somebody who's protected. Right. right. So, uh, you know, it. Just leave people alone. Leave me alone, and everything would be okay. <laughs> well, not everything would be okay. You know, the the answer is now. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a really churchy answer, but this is truly what I believe. If they knew Jesus, this wouldn't be a problem. Dun Period. dun dun. Period.
1: Well, I think I think oh, if people. I you know, button, we sorry. had the the lesbian couple I mentioned. I think on the first show who who we've talked with quite a bit at the Blaze, and they own a print shop. In New Jersey, and and they've been very supportive of people of the bakers of the people who have come out and said we don't want to provide services to gay weddings. They they've said the same thing. Look, we don't want to provide services to people who are who we perceive as being anti-gay, and we should all respect one another, and we should all be able to come together. And I think there's something to that, being able to just leave yes, one another absolutely. alone and have conversations. We're not doing that as a society right. on on either end of this. Nice.
0: But and, 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 and that I, I totally agree with, but I say from an evangelical Christian standpoint, if people, including myself, followed Christ's example and lived like Jesus and had him as a Lord of his out of their life, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. No, we would we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having any of this. Not only the situations
1: wouldn't be happening, but but we would be handling anything that did creep through in very different ways. And instead we as a society, I think, have failed Predominantly, and and even how to manage these minor things when they pop up and they become huge national stories, and it just invigorates both sides, and we end up with tons of drama that we don't
0: need. I totally agree. All right, we're gonna take a break, short break. We will be right back with a final segment, and we will get out of here. Just a minute. A church
3: boy. Back, to the back to the church boys
0: and we are back we're glad to have you with us we just got a couple more minutes here and then we're going to be heading out um, billy we were heavy that last segment we were heavy the first segment kind of uh, i got a little bit passionate but let's let's talking about a little something that's a little bit more a little bit more uh, little more lighthearted and let's um let's flashback to last week <laughs> So, last week, we had a segment on the leggings controversy. The woman who wore the <laughs> leggings, and she decided she's not going to wear leggings anymore because she says it's a distraction for men who are trying to be godly. She doesn't want to ca- cause people to look at her with lust in their eyes and that sort of thing. So, now we have this big brouhaha that happened in Utah, I believe, where a young lady with her w- went to school... Went to a school dance, and she was wearing a dress that had her sh- that showed her shoulders. She's fifteen at a, at the dance, and they made her go cover up her shoulders. Did you hear about this, William? I did. Well, I did. Do you have any thoughts it, on it?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I understand schools have dress codes and rules, and that's fine. And I think we have to follow those dress codes and rules. Although a shoulder rule just seems a little bit odd to me.
0: Okay. And, and, and I totally agree. And I think that that seems a little bit odd. I don't think there's anything sexual about it. Now, a school administrations are trying to protect their kids from having, you know, think in certain ways or act in certain ways. And there's a picture of her dress on the website, on our website. It's a very modest dress. It's very nice. It's something that my wife or my daughter would wear to church. I think it's a perfectly appropriate dress. I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, there are some people who don't like to have See, I have women walking around with uncovered shoulders. I get that. My mother-in-law is that way. She thinks to, you know, cover your shoulders. I get that. I'm okay with that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. That's what your belief is. So there was this big brouhaha, and a school representative, according to the girl, told her that she needed to cover her shoulders because they were left exposed by her dress. And she said, this is what she's recalling, she said, the administrator said to her, would you mind putting on a shawl? And the girl says, I didn't want to make a big scene, so I said yes. I had a coat in the car, so I had to go back, and I went and got it. So now the high schooler though is speaking out and she's upset she was forced to wear her winter coat throughout the entire dance Now that seems a little bit weird to me does that seem weird to you? Well yeah I mean
1: if you're, if you're talking about drawing attention to somebody <laughs> I think you're gonna draw more attention to the poor girl in a winter coat than you are by letting her have her shoulders and I, out and
0: I totally and I totally agree now but here's the part that's gonna piss off a lot of our people a lot of our listeners and a lot of our readers in that. But here's the part, the school made it perfectly clear what the dress code was, and the the rules include, and according to the school principal, all the students were very aware of what the dress code was. Formals, backless dresses, and or tops may not extend beyond the bottom of the shoulder blades, and girls' dresses and tops must have a two-inch minimum strap on each shoulder. This one that she's wearing does not. Shawls, boleros, and other shrugs are acceptable if worn over the dress at all times. Cleavage must be covered. That's the rule. You don't like the rule. Don't get pissy when you break the rule and get called on it. Or ask your grandmother for a shawl. <laughs> but you know <laughs> she knows the rule's going in. It's like these folks that get all upset about their homeowners association. Listen, I get it. I don't like homeowners oh, associations. Don't get me started. Don't I, get me started. I'm not a fan of homeowners associations, okay? I don't like them. However, when I buy the house and I sign on to the homeowners association agreement, I know what I'm signing up for. I know what the rules are. I I know what the rules are.
1: But they change.
0: The rules are that the rules can change if the committee votes on it. That's part of deciding to be in that section. Now, you might not like the rules, but if you're especially if you're breaking rules that were in existence when you signed up, whether it's this dress or whether it's your homeowners association, if the rules existed when you signed up, then you gotta follow the rules and don't get mad when you break the rules and you get called on it. If you don't like the new rules that they're imposing, move, get on the board and change the rules, or convince people on the board to change the rules, or do something. But don't just go out and say, if if the rule has always been in this neighborhood, you can't fly a flag, American or otherwise, then you can't fly a flag. Don't go out and then fly a flag and get pissy when they call you on it, because you knew the rule to begin with.
1: Now, I, I agree. I kind of agree. I have I mean, I have some disagreements. I think in this case, I'm wondering how much the kids knew about the rule, A, because what from what she said, and who knows if this is true, there were people wearing things that were much worse. Fine.
0: Right. But, but, sure, were but, they, people, were, they, but they weren't breaking that rule. They talked about the short this, skirts.
1: I, but is this something that's in like a manual that you have to go to a website that was built in 1995 to find a PDF that no longer works in the current version of Adobe that you have to My find guess, the rule? My guess is is that this rule has
0: been around a long time, and all the students knew it, and she just said, to hell with the rule. I'm going to break it, and I'm going to go with it. That's my guess.
1: Possibly. Although I don't like your homeowners association example because they change rules. Because you're a big sissy baby. Because you're a whiner, and I hate you. That's right. There you go. No, I think you're right. I mean, if she knew the rules, she shouldn't have violated it. And now we have this
0: national news story that's not quite as good as a legging story, but it's pretty close. What's not nearly as good as a legging story. But you know what is as good as the legging story? Your legs, Billy Hallowell. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You are a sexy, sexy man. And with that, I think we're going to go ahead and call this show good. (laughs) For good. (laughs) Any words of wisdom for peeps? Uh, You know what? Uh, read your Bibles, and the Blaze. Okay, we'll talk. You're so stupid, and so am I. <laughs> okay, folks, we will. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.